Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlatt. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm joined again by Keith Holmes, the director of small groups and mission activities here at Dundee. How are you today, Keith? I, I'm, it's a bittersweet. It's a bittersweet what, podcast day. It's our why, last. Why? It's our last one of this it series. It's we, this number 12. Number, and yet the hiatus that we're going on Right. To that. right. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I've got to take a break because I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> uh, that is a, that I'm kidding. Do, do not believe me when I say that because it's a joy for the three of us. Jonathan Mueller is our engineer and Keith and I to give you these podcasts. Absolutely. I, I hope it blesses everyone's lives just a, a fraction uh, of what it's blessed our lives because yeah, we're here every program we're here yeah, it, it yeah. just blesses us to study to put it together and mm-hmm. to, to share it with all of you and we're in matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 29 that means we are closing out uh, the sermon on the mount check out the other 11 episodes mm-hmm. the sermon on the mount critical biblical teaching i yeah, it's just paramount. It's yes. in, yeah, it's indispensable stuff. We find yeah. out what Christ is really about, what his priorities are about, and as we've discussed before, we find out a lot about human beings, don't and we? I, and I love that this happens at the beginning of his ministry. The Sermon on the Mount happens right. toward the beginning of his ministry. Right, the beginning of, the, of Matthew. So mm-hmm. there's, if you were there, right. there was no doubt Right. What he was about, yeah. Except being human beings, evidently <laughs> We're just not that bright. Right? There shouldn't have been a doubt. You're right. Yeah, about absolutely, that, there shouldn't have been a doubt. Being morons like we are, <laughs> evidently there were lots of doubts. But he uh, lays it out for us. As he to really what, does. What we are to be, who he is, how God is. It's uh, last week we talked about the narrow way and how God right. has made it narrow. And, yep. and uh, what do we learn about God when we talk about a God who makes the way? steep and difficult and narrow mm-hmm. and, and not easy. Uh, that says something about the character of God and, and about our relationship to God. And you'll see that throughout yeah, if you read it and study it. Indeed. Uh, so we're in Matthew 7, 21 through 29. I opened today with this question, Keith, uh, and off the show, before we did the show, Keith has many interesting answers to this many, question, many some of which he cannot answers. share. Uh, when did you get into someplace special? And by that, I infer maybe someplace that you really shouldn't have been or yeah. didn't, didn't or deserve didn't deserve, didn't, you didn't know? belong. Yeah. You just didn't when belong. When did you get into someplace special? And, and the first thing that sprang into my mind was, uh, I have, as a young man, I was, I, for one reason or another, I was allowed backstage at a couple of concerts that I attended. Yeah. And... Um, one of one of which was a gentleman by the name of Rick Wakeman, um, who was the keyboardist. He's the, he's the for, janitor here right, at this yeah, church right yeah, now. Yeah. He was the keyboardist for the uh, for the alternative rock group. Yes, and it, it was a fascinating moment. We get back there. How old you know, were you? I was 18, 17, yeah. 18 years old, and we get backstage, and and we're thinking, oh wow, backstage of a major you know concert, and this is going to be cool. It's a stadium concert. And Rick and his wife and, and his Rick came in a car, and his wife and daughter were following, and they hadn't arrived yet. So instead of this really cool atmosphere, I'm watching a husband and father <laughs> concerned that his wife and kid haven't shown up yet. Yeah. And it was like, well, that's just a family guy right. just living his life out Humanity. Here. You know, it's like like you like, like we've been saying, welcome to planet Earth. This is just an right. Earth problem. And I'm like, well. 
that's a little lackluster. Mm, right, <laughs> and right. So, but I was that was just really cool to me to be allowed to go backstage, and I don't think absolutely. It, and I didn't have a stage pass, a backstage pass. It was I just an act. Of it grace. was just it was just for some reason we ended up getting back there. And before the concert, and when Rick showed up, he's like, Where, where's my wife and kids? Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's not cool. We yeah, were ready right. to meet this guy and talk music. And, and be a rock and roll and star. be a rock and roll. Let's throw a chair yeah. at something. Exactly, you know? right? Yeah. Break a window or right. something. Exactly. But, so, so it, yeah, it was just a fascinating experience, but it was somewhere special that yeah. I was not. I did not belong. Right. And for me, I've been to the Masters Golf Tournament. Oh. I'm a golfer, and, and I've been to Augusta, Georgia. And, sure. and to, during the tournament, I, during the practice round, I, I went there. And it was, uh, you know, my son and I and my father and, and his wife at the time, and the four of us went. And, and I've grown up watching the Masters. Right. I feel like the Masters is, is the premier golf oh, event, certainly, yeah, and, and one of the most important I mean, premier athletic events. And, and I know that course like the back of my hand just from watching it on TV. And so when I went there, this is like 2007, uh, I knew the course. I knew where everything was. I'd never been there before, but right. I knew where everything was. Right. And it is like going into this whole other world. Yeah. And like the whole rest of the world is on the outside. Like you go walking in, down Magnolia Lane, mm-hmm. but you park your, we parked our car in a oil change shop, oh. uh, it's like, it, which it was about quarter mile, and then you just walk into paradise. So imagine a, an oil change shop. Yeah, you right. Just walk down the block, you take a right turn, and you're in you're in, in Georgia in April. Yeah. Not not the coolest place on right, earth. It was just, you're already starting to get warm. It, it was it was, but it, you make this turn down Magnolia Lane, and you're in in paradise. And, oh, and I did gosh. not feel like I belonged there. Uh, at all. Uh, well, those are pretty hallowed halls. So oh my! To speak. As hallowed as they as yeah. they get. Yeah. I, the other one is that I've been to Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego. Coronado is an island off the off the right off of uh, San Diego, uh-huh. uh, and um, they have a hotel there called the Del Hotel Del, and it's one of the premier hotels in the entire world. Uh, wow. And it really is. And it, we were gifted a, t- a stay there. And uh, back when uh, Pierce, my oldest, was a baby, oh, wow. uh, so this was a thousand years ago, and uh, <laughs> I talk, you know, I had all access to the whole place. Now you can go, and every time I go to Coronado, I go and walk around the, the Dell because right. there's a restaurant. You can do that yeah. and go into the shop. And here's a sweater for three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great, thank you, great hey. to see you. I mean, yeah. You go into those places and you're like, they look at you and like, yeah, this you don't is, belong, right? Yeah. It would be like me going into a Ferrari store. It's like, right. yeah. Yeah, right. Who are you kidding, you yeah. big dummy? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so th- those are times when I've they had been graced with the yeah. opportunity to be in these places that are incredibly uh, special and, and beautiful and elite and whatever. Uh, and it is like you were backstage, that feeling of, uh, how did I get here? How did this happen? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. because of any kind of worthiness. It nope. just was an election type of a thing. And, yep. and that's a good experience for us to have because it's a very much... What we're really talking about is how God works with us as far as heaven is concerned. And so I'm reading to you from Matthew 7, 21 through 29. And my question to you and everybody, your dear listener, is on what basis do you expect to enter the kingdom of God? Now, that please let's take a moment to look at that question. You do expect expect to go to heaven. Yes. Uh, I, I, most everyone that I meet expects to go to heaven. 
That's not what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking, how do you figure you're going to get there? On get what there. basis, what right. criteria right. do you actually think that's going to happen? Right. And what I'm going to read to you today, I would argue, is the most frightening thing I've ever read in Scripture. Mm. Is the most f- these, these eight or nine verses is the most frightening verse in, in the Bible. Wow. And in one of the most frightening, shocking things that I've ever read. How about that? If you read it with me, yeah. and and then keep in mind this question: On what basis do you expect to enter the kingdom of of, of God? Mm-hmm. And I'll ask that, and then Keith will lead the way on that. So, uh, verse twenty one of chapter seven, the book of Matthew, Jesus says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven." On that day, in other words, at the end of time, day of judgment. Dig what Jesus says here. This is, tell me this isn't frightening. Right. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds and of power in, in, in your name? Then I will declare to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. I mean, these are people who called him Lord right. and who yeah. evidently did spectacular things yeah. in his name. And he's going to say, I never knew. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's I'm that, terrified, Keith. That's scary. You're absolutely I mean, am I not, right. Am I right? Absolutely. This is, I because we almost. You've said it before. We begin to believe this is our birthright. Exactly. Or, or that we can earn it. That we can earn this, and and just by saying Lord, Lord, and that, and maybe doing a few things, right? And he's shooting that down hard. Exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? I understand. Then it, he goes on and he says, "Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built the house on a rock. His house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock." And and listen to how crazy Jesus sounds. I mean, he says, everyone who hears my words of my, these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Who says this kind of thing? Right. Well, he's pretty full of himself. Right. Or he's, or he's Lord. Or he's God. You're right. And then he goes on and he finishes up. He says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat against the house. And it fell, and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd, uh, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as their scribes. And thus endeth the sermon on the mount. That would be the end of it. So, on what basis do you expect to enter the kingdom of God? You can take that in a couple of different directions, couldn't you, sir? Oh, right. I mean, the 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 perfectly churchy answer is, you know, I trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the only way to get there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's your good saved by grace, exactly saved by grace. I cannot do anything, but in my heart, yeah, I I, I right. will tell you, and I confess that there are times when God helps those that help themselves comes into mind, mm. and I start thinking I got to do it, right? And you know, especially when it comes to letting other people know about Jesus, I'm not great at it. I'm not saying I'm good at it. Uh, other than that I try to behave better and and show a changed life, especially to those that knew, knew who I was back in the day. But for me, um, you know, it's just like, okay, God, this person really needs to know about you and, and get saved. So if, I, if, I'm, if I can get you, I can get them for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 
I know he just shakes his head. You're not going to get them from me. Mm. I'll take care of that, Keith. You're I'm just, using you. I'm using be, you. I'm getting them. Yeah, I'm getting them. And if I involve you in this. You're, you're just, just count yourself as blessed that I'm even thinking about using you because let's look at let's look at our track record here you know i mean right. so you've answered well from the the, the correct theological standpoint right. first and then you've answered well from a standpoint of still trying to serve god but then yeah. we also do this we we also do this thing it bears mentioning where it's like i'm going to enter the kingdom well, of god because that's just what naturally happens right. after i die exactly or or after last night last night at at uh, our our bible study our churchwide bible study that you lead you know you're like we have to get rid of. I'm going to heaven because I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy, I, and I and the I'm better than that right. guy. I'm better than Timothy McVeigh. I'm better than, right. than you know, right? Who blew up a building in yeah, Oklahoma exactly. City? Exactly. Right. Better than 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 Adolf Hitler. So I'm surely I'm right. boy. If you're setting the bar that low, boys and girls, right. uh, you right. know you're you're gonna have to try harder. But we do this but where we, yeah. we're, we're like, okay, I hate this group of people. I'm better than this group of people. Certainly, God hates the same people I do, so therefore I'm in. I mean, right. we have that. That's, that, a that's, certain, such, a, yeah. that's such an idiotic theology. Well, heavens, yes. And yet, this it, is what we do. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that, but <laughs> man, straight from the pit of hell comes that doctrine. Exactly. And then grandma dies, and grandma was just so sweet. Right. You know, grandma was 90 years old, and grandma had a cute little dog, mm-hmm. and she was just such a sweetie, and she sent you Hallmark cards, and then grandma dies, and she sent you Hallmark cards on your birthday and all this kind of stuff. And Preferably with money in with it. With money yeah. in it, and, and grandma's got to go, because she was cute, and she was sweet and, and sweet, and yeah. she sent Hallmark cards. That's great that grandma was all those things, but that is not how you get into heaven. Nope. And I always say, and it, it just shocks people I, I i say it a lot i say nice people I, I i say nice people don't go to heaven and i and they're like wait a minute what and 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 then i say forgiven people go to heaven yeah. there's going to be nice people in heaven no. but they're not there because they're nice right remember jesus shocked the disciples when he said how hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven they couldn't believe it and peter said then who can be saved who can be saved if rich people can't get in in their culture and in their minds rich people were already in but in that that culture hasn't changed no it hasn't if you're well off then you must be doing something and i think it stems from a well god blesses us if if we have wealth, it's because God blessed us to have wealth. Therefore, you because must be worthy us. of something right. of that wealth. Right. No, that's not true at all. Right. And and it's so all grace. It's all grace. It's and, all mercy and grace, and it's all a mystery why it gives yep. to one one thing and and not yep. to another. And exactly. this and that's biblical. Get over yourselves. All of this to say it yep. is all completely. It's all completely about God's grace, and yep. it is. It, it it really is terrifying. How you're going to get to heaven is God chooses to bring you to heaven. That's that's it, of his grace and of his mercy. And you I, can't manipulate it at all. Nope. And and if you're sitting there going, you two are a, a, a pair of idiots, that's not true. <laughs> we get that a lot. We, go, we do. Let's go right that back. That doesn't to bother the, us at all. Because right back here at the very first sentence that we read today, that you read today, not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. That's scary in and of itself because right. we say Lord, Lord a lot around right. here. Of Jesus. Of Je- yeah, to him, Jesus. Right. Yes, we call him Lord. We call out his name. But you have there there there's no there's no guarantee just because you say Lord, Lord. Right. 
it's all from God. Right. And so when people say, oh, well, you know, predestination, it's, it's beyond that. It's God's grace right. that does this. And God is the one who chooses. And God is the one in control. And God is the one who gets to make the decisions. Right. And so you can't just go around saying, Lord, Lord, thinking, okay, I'm in. I've obligated God. Ultimately, what you're talking about here, and you're doing a great job of it, is sovereignty, of God being completely sovereign and us not being sovereign at all, that you can't manipulate God. You can't you can't move God around. You can't <laughs> obligate God to you. He is sovereign. That, that, that's it. You it's, are you. Uh, you are, he is the suzerain, and you are the vassal, and that is yeah. all there is to it. And You're then, not going to move him around. Yep. Now, that being said, what can you? Do? All you can do is just yield before that awesome, terrifying right. power that Amen. he's got. Jesus says, "Do not fear the one who can kill the body." Right. In other words, don't fear some guy that can murder you. No. Nope. Fear the one who can take your soul and cast it into hell. And I read that to people, and they think that, oh, we're supposed to fear the devil. And I quickly correct them. He's not talking about the devil. The devil cannot take Can't your soul and cast you in hell. He's talking about God the Father. Yep. Jesus is sitting there saying, be afraid of what he can do. Right. Now, God the Father is gracious and he's merciful. Love Thanks be to God. Amen. But he he has the power and the right and every justification to cast you into the garbage. <laughs> and that's stand in reverence and all of that. And the justification part is what people don't want to get. Yeah. They say, well, God couldn't do that to me. God can't do that. Why not? God is perfectly justified because he's a perfect holy being who, who out of love created a universe that we went and screwed up, right. that we messed it up. And continue to. And continue to mess it up. So really, just you know, to, to look God in the face and say, Lord, Lord, there, I said it. Right. We're good, right, God? Right. We're all right? I'm, what's the bare minimum here? Right, and that's really what it is. fire insurance, right. right? How many drinks do I have to buy to stay in right. here? You know? exactly. I, I mean, but but seriously, this is what people are like. I actually, I think I've mentioned it before. I had a, I knew a person that would say, I got Jesus to get into heaven. That's all I need him for. Mm. I'm like, then you don't have Jesus. Right. There's so much more than that. There's so much more. What do you think is the most frightening thing about what Jesus says here? It, it, I've said it's frightening. Maybe I should answer the question. I'm assuming it's right with this passage. Well, that it's I frightening, read is frightening to me because, I, like I said, it's because I walk around a lot of my day saying, "Lord, Lord." Mm-hmm. I say, I call on and him, wondering how you're guilty of this, right? And uh, you know, and I think that's a good, healthy concern, mm-hmm. you know, to continue right. to bring this to your fore, saying, hey, am I just saying the words? Am I just going through the motions? Am I really... A positive in, insecurity. Right, right. A really in a good relationship with, with God. Right. And But there's still... It's terribly frightening to think that I'm going to get to heaven, and he's going to go, yeah, I didn't know you. Right. Sorry, buddy. Right. You kept going on. I I, I heard I heard right. all the n- racket you were making, right. but it meant absolutely nothing to there you. Was no genuine... Therefore, it meant absolutely nothing to me. I'm with you completely where it's just like I can see the dis- how disingenuous I can be sometimes. And, 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 and then I hear Jesus saying this, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, now, there's not, it doesn't incline me to to try to earn my way into heaven. It inclines me towards everything in scripture. The more I've studied scripture over all the years, there was a time in my Christianity way back when I first started where it's like, Oh, I've got to, 
I've got to earn my way into heaven. Mm. I, you know, I think there was that mentality. But the further I've gone, the more completely disarmed I have been of God. I imagine myself standing before God and just like nothing but the blood of Jesus. I, yeah. All I can do is just completely relinquish and and right. not even. But how hard is that for us to do? It's really it's hard. hugely hard. I think it is. I, I know it is because I have a hard time with it. And that's, and that is where some of that fear stems from. So this is what I'm saying is, is that the, the, the thing that's frightening and fear causing the fear is, is, is that we have to, nakedly completely and purely trust in jesus christ and there's no other life preserver other than that and and i want there to be some other way and yeah or additional way right okay that's great let's tack that on right i'll take the jesus part but i'm also going to you know what i mean it's like i want well the constitution of the united states has amendments for crying out loud And we can get extended warranties. We got an, yeah. an extra, extra. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's an, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. we can get. We, we can right. do that in. Extended. But certainly, so God would allow us to do right. that. Right. Exactly. It's like you, you no. know, no, it's only Jesus. Yeah, but I think I need more. No, you don't. Yeah, but I want to get more. <laughs> you don't need more. Yeah, but I think I. You know. You know. This is what. Absolutely. That's. It. Are you going to completely and solely depend on Jesus Christ to right. save you? Okay, when you strip it all away and really, really press that question, it gets insecure. Yes. It gets you know, this. You mean this guy who died naked on a cross two thousand years ago? That's that's, yeah, the, that's guy? the whole. That's the whole. I mean, that, there's nothing else other than nothing but the blood. Yeah, yeah that's what we're saying. Yeah. Oh wow! When you really get down to that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, because I've been there. You mean it doesn't have to do with how successful I am, how smart I am, how pretty I am, how much, how well educated I am? You know what I've done in my life? No, no. completely blood of Jesus. It, wow. Only, completely, and only because you know even the word completely doesn't to me. You know, it's just like, well, okay, I get completely, but but it's only the blood of Jesus. Nothing I can do. Nothing I can say. Right. And, and, and let me tell you, just let, let you guys know that if it did depend on how pretty J.D. was to get into heaven, he, he, he would be in trouble. It would be rough. He's a good-looking guy, but he's not that no. pretty. Although the, evidently there's a nursing home out there somewhere <laughs> who watch it. They watch my sermon and they think I'm handsome. Ooh. They sent Whoa. the message. Yeah, so a bunch of 90-year-old ladies. Hey, uh, we you know go. your demographic. There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Me and Perry Como or something there like that. There we go. Why right. is Perry Como still alive? I don't, I don't even think know. He is, Who no. knows? Uh, why do we uh, why do we confuse religious activity with doing the will of God? Man, um, that's a, that's a we brutal do. question. That, Jesus really attacks it, that. If you and he really does, but it's it's the truth because we can get so busy hmm. doing churchy things yeah. that we forget. That the will of God is not sacrifices and bulls, but it's believing, believing and it's loving, it's loving God, loving your neighbor, love our neighbor, yeah. and believing in God. And, and so, why do why we do we do that? It? Because it's easy for me personally. It's mm. easier for me to do something to feel like I'm actively doing right. the will of God versus um, being able to sit and listen to someone tell right. me something. There's I like an immediate gratification. Right. Right, I think you've said it before, when, and, and I know you've said it around around Dundee uh, Press, but 
and you may have said it here, but it's just that five minutes we spend with someone that needs us to sit, and that's the will of God. Right. Spending a little extra time hearing a story. That extra five minutes. That extra five minutes can be the That's will. all it is. Whereas, You'd be amazed at how you can well, change the world if you were willing to spend an extra five minutes with one person. With one person. And it could be at a time where you think, oh, no, I've got to go and prepare the luncheon for the right. for the ladies, or, or I've got to get the guys ready to go on a golf outing. And it's like, no. Just sit and right. contemplate. And it doesn't have to be listening to somebody. It can be something completely different. It's just doing the will of God is not what we always think it is. And yet I think it's so easy for us to confuse that because we want it to be right. the, the activity, the action, something that we can do. We want a checklist. We want right. a tote board. We want to be able to sit there and say, okay, here, here it is. I, God appreciates the fact how many sermons I've done. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd love to know that number, by the way, and, <laughs> and funerals and baptisms and whatever. And those things are all important. They are all good. Yep. But uh, you're right. Uh, we and we want, but we want deep down inside. We want uh, what we get, how much we gave to the church, how many times we showed up at church, whatever it is in your life, uh, to to be the, the be the marker, to be the measure. Yeah, and right. it's and it's not uh, because we control those things. Right. We, 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 yeah. And and and, and they immediately gratify us. Uh, but it's it's simply about uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love thy neighbor. Uh, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the law and the prophets. It's that. Yeah. And now that's going to be made up of a lot of activities, but but it is what it is on its own. Right. You know what I'm saying? You may never you may never get to work in a church and still do the word of God. Word oh, of God. more so than you than right. than some of us in church ever do. Right. Why do we build houses on sand? I think this kind of this this kind of continues the conversation because it's what we want to do. It's it, that the sand is an easier place to build than on the rock because you don't you know you can it, drive those pilings in drive those, it, it, it's pretty easy. easy it goes right through right yeah. right and and you know it's you don't have to you know I always think that that rock is up yeah further away not as you know and it's not near the water maybe or or something like that but you know uh, those are just images in my head but it just for me building on sand is easier yeah and but it's also uh you know looking at the metaphor that he uses the sand is mine Mm. the sand is my actions the little things i do right the rock is the word of god and god and jesus and you and know, that takes to, time. To, to go to him, to right. have to take yourself and your things to him. Right. Yeah, a whole lot less and less pleasant than right. just saying, you know what? I'm going right. to drive my pylons right here and I'm going to go to town. In my own understanding yeah. and in my mm-hmm. own patterns yeah. that I've already well established yeah. that I'm comfortable with right. and that I like. Yeah. We do it, we build our houses on sand because yeah. it's, it's easier, it's less demanding, we're already mm-hmm. here. Yeah, all of these kinds of things. And yet Jesus is like, to anybody who will hear it, you know, you do that. Right. The the storm's going to come and it's going to wipe your 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 house out. Your house out. And yeah. he says, if you're wondering what rock is, it's you know, it's listening to me. It's implementing my word. Right. And again, I point out that if you listen to a guy that said this, if I stood up in church, I'm the pastor of the church. But if I stood up and said this, people would be like, okay, I think he's taken. He's been eating too many ego. Ego cookies, again. Yeah, exactly. ego cookies again. Exactly. Ego cookies again. Where I stand up and say, anybody who doesn't do what I tell them, they're all going to. You know, this is how what Jesus says, except yeah. 
He's Lord, but he, he has is, the right to. Right. Yeah, yeah. If we believe that he does, if he, we believe that he is really well, the Son of God, or we, we can decide that he's crazy, and but, a lot of people have. But that that that's your decision to decide if he's crazy right. or not. But I don't know that it can be refuted logically and everything I've read and studied and done that he isn't God. Mm. I just don't think you can. I don't think you can argue in any way, shape, or form, that Jesus of Nazareth is not Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mm. And and just, it, it it's all laid out for you, and it's all done in such a way that it's impossible to refute if you're willing right. to, to, to do that. Oh, I agree. But that's where the sand comes in. That's where we're like, you know what, I don't, I don't yeah. think I want to learn that. Ex- I'm, I'm happy this way. Right, with my sand. With my sand. Which belongs to me. Right. Which I have. Which is mine. And I've always known it. Exactly. And I'm not changing a thing. Until the storm comes. <laughs> what is a counterfeit Christian? Now, that phrase is Ooh. not in here. No. This is a funny thing because our, our mutual friend, Liz Shaben, she's the uh, director of children's ministry. Yep. And I don't know. She's explained it to me. She gives money to the oh, kids. Yeah, yeah. And it's fake money. Uh, but it oh. looked pretty real. Yeah. If you weren't looking, she was peeling off those dollar bills and it looked, you know, yep. Ben Franklin looked pretty good. And, yep. and, and, uh, it, it's kind it, it's play money. It's counterfeit money. It's, it, it's play money. You right. can tell by the feel of it. Right. Gonna, yeah. What's a counterfeit Christian? He doesn't use that phrase here, but he's really talking about that, isn't he? Right. Someone that calls, says to me, Lord, Lord, isn't, and won't get into heaven is a, sounds like a lot of, well, little they look like a Christian. They, yeah. It quacks yeah. like a duck. It, it must be a duck. No, not necessarily. Not it sound, you, you can sound like a Christian yep. and not be a Christian. Absolutely. You can sound like a believer. You can look like a believer. This is terrifying to me. Yeah. Because once again, we want it to be something where we sound and look like a Christian, and that's the whole religion. Uh, so, you know, I just had Jesus a demands something more authentic. I just had a thought. You know how, if you read through history, Christianity thrives under persecution. It does because and it and it dies when it's not there, when there's not persecution. Because when you look like a Christian mm-hmm. and aren't, because it doesn't, you don't lose anything for right. being a Christian, right? Versus you really want to be a Christian, right? If the, if you know they're going to kill you for claiming you're a Christian, exactly. This has been true throughout the persecutions of the you know first three centuries right. of, of of Christendom, and going on today in certain parts of the world. Very much. There's been more people martyred in our lifetime than in other period in, yeah. around the world. People yeah. in Africa, in particular, that are Christians are being martyred, martyred. Yeah. Uh, for their faith. That but, happens, we don't hear those stories. But yeah, so I think that's why, that's, you know, what is a counterfeit Christian? How do we get to counterfeit Christianity? It's that we become complacent Christians. Right. And we become, and then somebody can come in and go, oh, well, I'm a Christian because I'm not Jewish, I'm not Muslim, I'm not Hindu. By default. So I must be a Christian. I grew up in America, I exactly. must be a Christian. Exactly. And, and, and I th- there's tons of people that are that way. They're yeah. just like, well, I guess I, I go to the Presbyterian Church because right. uh, somebody drags me there twice a year. Uh, Jesus is driving for authenticity. Yeah. And when you think about that, that points to his sovereignty. He would not be a great God savior if he was like, yeah, I really don't care how well you do this. Right. Uh, I, I, he clear, yeah. Clearly he does care right? about how well we do and this. And hey, it's okay if you believe in Buddha. You're welcome to heaven. Well, <laughs> why would I 
why would I follow a God like that? Right. That doesn't care about me. Right. Is it personal? He he cares about us and he tells us. He I mean, this whole Sermon on the Mount sets up the idea that I care about you. Right. I want you to understand what the kingdom's like. I want you to understand what I'm what I'm going to be telling you, what I'm doing. And and that's the basis of the relationship. And then there's value in our final thought. There's value in the storm. Yes. Jesus says the storm. He Amen. doesn't ask if, he doesn't say if the storm comes. He says when the storm right. comes. The, the house on sand falls apart. The house on rock is designed to, to withstand the storm. Yep. There's value in the storm, in other words, because it proves. The storm is a proving right. method, a method of proving right. uh, what you really are, Amen. your authenticity. It's like you know, he, and he says it again in another way in the the parable of the sower. Right. You know, the, the the sun comes out and it burns away. Right, the worries of the world come in and choke out. But and the seed that hits the good soil is going to produce a, a crop a hundredfold. Exactly. There's blessing in the st- my friends out there. You're in a storm right now. There's blessing in it. You're Amen. being proven. You're, you're being proven. You got your house on a rock, yep. the rock that's Christ. Okay. You're going to stand. You're going to stand. And we empathize and we'll hold your hand with you, but we can't make the storm go away. There's blessing in the storm. Amen. Well, this has been Megan's Old Office, our study of uh, the 12-episode study of the Sermon on the Mount. We are done. We're done. We're going to go to lunch. We're going to, yeah. And there'll be a quiz later. There'll be a quiz later. (laughs) (laughs) But we are taking a hiatus. We're taking a break for summer. We're taking summer break. Yep. Uh, and we're going to go to the beach for a few days. and then, Some of us are. Right. Some of us are going elsewhere. Then we're going to be back in uh, the fall with new episodes. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get to it. That's it. But we we'll, hope you're there. We'll, you'll be the first people to right. know when we figure this right. out. Right, exactly. We have, we have no idea what we're doing, obviously. Uh, but we will look forward to seeing you, reacquainting, reconnecting with you uh, when we're back in the fall. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. We're on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.